Hello and welcome to another episode of the weekly VM Campos comic book club. I'm your host VM Campos. This is the podcast where I answer, what am I reading this week? This week is a special week. The San Diego Comic Con Souvenir Book, 1993. Yes, my first San Diego Comic Con was in 1993. This is going to be my 25th one in 2017. That's astounding. That's hard to believe. So during the very first Comic Con, I went with my brother, my father, and my cousins. And like every Comic Con, they give you a souvenir book. And that's what I've read this week. It's about 142 pages long. Card stock cover. The inside is nice black and white paper. It's a mixture of advertisements for comic companies, collectibles, and also the comic publishers speaking directly to the fans. So it was much more about the comics back then, 25 years ago. There really wasn't a Hollywood presence at that time. It's very different. The first couple of pages have a DC Comics and Milestone Comics, which was a, an imprint of DC, basically two ads, two full-page ads that say, Milestone Media joins DC Comics in welcoming you to the 1993 San Diego Comic Convention. And it's got a few characters there that I don't quite recognize except for Static. Static Shock. Then on the opposite page there is DC Comics welcomes you to the 1993 San Diego Convention Center. And this includes the 1993 Batman, the Jean-Paul Valley Batman, the Batman that defeated Bane after first Bane broke the bat big epic storyline in 1993. You can tell it's the 90s because I count no less than a dozen pouches on this version of Batman. There's a welcome message. President's greeting. Welcome to the 24th annual San Diego Comic Con. This year we have again expanded our facilities and our programming to bring you, the attendee, the best comic book convention in the country. We have added 90,000 square feet of exhibit space to last year's huge room, bringing the total to 210,000 square feet. And that doesn't even count the hundreds of thousands of square feet of programming space, both in the convention center and at the hotels. We have had to do so because our attendance continues to grow at a phenomenal rate. Last year, our attendance increased 46% over the previous years making us once again the largest comic book convention in the United States. So that was written by John Rogers, President, San Diego Comic Convention, Inc. 25 years ago, they expanded all the way to Hall C. And nowadays, in the year 2017, Hall H is the maximum extent of the convention. That's the biggest of the big rooms at the convention center. But back then, they had just expanded to see. There's another welcome message, this time from Archie Comics. Archie welcomes you to San Diego Comic-Con. I see Archie, Betty, and actually Sonic the Hedgehog and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Then we've got a two-page spread from Dark Horse. 
and then Dark Horse's Legend imprint, featuring the first appearances of etc. etc. Now, in 1993, uh, Dark Horse gave out for free San Diego Comic Con Comics number two, and that includes the first appearance of Hellboy. Now, here it's credited as Hellboy by John Byrne and Mike Mignola. But I have two copies of that book. Pretty valuable book because it's Hellboy's first appearance. In theory, I could have, I guess, had four copies of it because, again, I went with myself, my dad, my brother, and my cousin. But the only ones that have survived in my hands in perfect condition are, I guess, myself and my brothers. Then Legend, announcing the formation of a new comics imprint created by and for the monumental talents of Arthur Adams, John Byrne, Paul Chadwick, Jeff Darrow, Dave Gibbons, Michael Mignola, Frank Miller. Proudly published by Dark Horse Comics. The list of artists and guests is on page 8. And in this year's convention, there are people such as Charles Vess, Peter Bagg, Olivia, and Dave Sim. Artists include Mike Docherty, Will Eisner, Will Elder, Mary Fleener, Rafael Ruiz, Trina Robbins, Mark Wheatley, Phil Ye, Bill Mouse, Kelly Fries, etc. I'm sure these have a name, but I there's many of these full-page sort of like welcome messages from the various publishers. Here's another one, Mirage Publishing. Mirage Publishing welcomes you to the 1993 San Diego Comic-Con. Stop by the booth to meet our signing guests, including Stan Sakai, Michael Dooney, and A.C. Farley. Check out our new next titles, Xenotech, Bioneers, and Stupid Heroes. Also sneak peeks at the new look for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and a brand new Space Usagi miniseries, plus a whole lot more. This is a two-page Marvel spread. Read all about it in Marvel Live number zero, now available exclusively at the Marvel booth. Meet Stan the Man Lee, win an original Sinkevitz, have your picture taken with Spidey, etc. In the second page, it's a beautiful Jim Lee X-Men group photo. Meet the pros at the con. This isn't just another comic convention. It's the biggest assemblage of Marvel editors and Marvel creators to ever grace San Diego. Come celebrate 30 years of Professor Xavier's dream team. And who have we got listed here? Ron Lim, Clive Barker, Adam Kubert, Andy Kubert, Scott Lobdell, Howard Mackey, Stan Lee, Tom DeFalco, Fabian Niseza, Carl Potts, Bob Harris, Danny Fingeroth, Bobby Chase, Ralph Macchio, not that Ralph Macchio, Marvel's own Ralph Macchio, Kelly Corvis, and Dan Slott. There's a section that spreads out for several pages where they give biographies of several guests in attendance. Here's one, Jim Aparo. As a child in New Britain, Connecticut, Jim Aparo developed an, an abiding interest in comic books and newspaper strips. I always loved comics growing up. During the war years, I read all the big titles of the time, Superman and Batman and C.C. Beck's Captain Marvel. This section is several pages long and interspersed are still more ads and other sort of welcome messages. Here we've got original comic art. Scott Dunbeer, 
is proud to offer the best original art by Brian Boland, Matt Wagner, Art Adams, John Bolton, Michael Alred, Adam Hughes, Gil Kane, Glenn Fabry, Kevin O'Neill, Gary Frank, and Jamie Hewlett. This is in booths 1202 and 1204. Let's see other biographies here. Peter Bagg, a native of Peeksville, New York. Peter Bagg studied at the School of Visual Arts in New York City. He spent the early 80s doing comics with his friends. J.D. King, Ken Wiener, John Holmstrom, founder of Punk Magazine and now editor of High Times, and Bruce Carlton. Here's another ad. A brand new galaxy of superheroes. Galaxy novels. Now this galaxy is spelled with an I and not a Y. 48 pages. Quick read text on the left. Full color art on the right. Agent 30, shipping August. Virtual Reality Zone, shipping September. Black Ray, shipping October. And a third planet, shipping November. Premier first printing limited run, 50,000 copies. Here's a biography on fresh-faced Dan Klaus. Dan Klaus read Mad Magazine and comic books as a kid, but he studied to be an illustrator at Pratt with no particular ambition to do comics. However, when fate and fortune in the illustration field eluded him, he returned to his roots and began to draw mini-comics about a character named Lloyd Llewellyn. Another full-page ad here from Legacy. Sneak preview, stat number zero, Legacy issue number one, comic future stars. Meet the creators in person. Dan Lawless, penciler, Doctor Strange. Stan Walk, writer, Swamp Thing. Fred Schiller, writer, Amazing Spider-Man, annual. And Paul Mounts, colorist, Youngblood. Another bio, Nancy Collins. Nancy A. Collins was born in 1959 and raised in rural Arkansas. In 82, she moved to New Orleans, where she embarked in a series of demeaning minimum wage part-time jobs. In 1988, she sold her first novel, Sunglasses After Dark, to NAL Onyx Books. She has since won the Horror Writer of America's Bram Stoker Award for first novel and the British Fantasy Society's Icarus Award and was nominated for the John W. Campbell Award in 1989 and 1990. This is pretty interesting. There's a full-page ad here. Wanted, comic artist, writer. The search is on for talented comic artists for leading Japanese manga magazines, weekly morning and monthly afternoon. Dyna Search, Inc. of Los Angeles, California, along with one of Japan's target publishers, Kodansha's Morning Division, is looking for you. Interested? Send us your samples and you can join the ranks of select group of international artists. Samples should include the following. Brief summary of comic story, illustrated sample, and personal bibliography. Speaking of fresh-faced talent, here's a bio on Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis grew up near Belfast, Ireland. He started writing comics full-time at an early age, beginning with projects like Troubled Souls with John McCree. Now, one of the things that I remember from that convention center, the hot comic of the time, Dracula vs. Zorro from Topps Comics, shipping October. Issue 1 of 2, 295. Spectacular red foil and black matte cover. Definitely the 90s with those, with those amazing gimmicks. By Don McGregor, Tom Yeats, and Rick Magyar. Full-page ad from Warp Graphics. Feel the pulse. 
Blood of Ten Chiefs joins the ElfQuest universe. And don't forget Hidden Years and New Blood. Visit the Ten Chiefs team at the San Diego Comic Con. They didn't mention a booth like a lot of these others do. So who else here? Bob Layton. Bob Layton has been a force in the comics field since the early 70s. He has worked for both Marvel and DC, not only as an inker, but as a writer and penciler as well. He apprenticed under the legendary Wally Wood and was closely tutored by Dick Giordano during the early days of Continuity Studios. Another full page here. Jim Shooter proudly presents the major new force in comics, Defiant, at the San Diego Comic-Con. A universe far beyond the imaginary limits is in the making, and you can now meet some of the incomparable creators behind Defiant's new and upcoming titles, from Warriors of Plasm and the Good Guys to Ward Dancer and Charlemagne. There's a short piece here on Dwayne McDuffie. I was at the corner store with my dad. I didn't like candy, but he was determined to get something for me, too. He picked out a Sugar and Spike comic book. I don't remember ever seeing a comic book before then, much less showing any interest in comic books. But as long as Dad was offering, I decided I wanted adventure comics featuring the Legion of Superheroes. My reasoning, as I recall, was that it contained more superheroes and therefore was better value. Here's a cool full-page ad, Stark Black. Coming in November, Bongo Comics. And Bart Simpson peeking in, saying, Start saving your dough, man. So that was the year of the foundation of Bongo Comics. Biography on Olivia. It has been said that in the history of pinup art, no one has depicted the female form quite as skillfully as Olivia de Berardinus. Born in 1948, she was raised on the eastern seaboard. She began her painting of women as a child, using her disarmingly beautiful mother as a model. I was always amazed at the impact my mother had on men, says the artist, so began her fascination with the feminine mystique. Stop by our booths and see Valiant at the San Diego Comic-Con. Meet the Valiant team. Steve Masarski, Bob Layton, John Hartz, Paul Fairchild, Jennifer Maldonado, and James Perham. Dress up as your favorite Valiant characters in costume and win a gold logo comic. Ooh, that'd be pretty cool. Maybe difficult depending on some of these characters. Like, I don't think people were dressing up as Exo Manowar just yet at that time. Biography on Vincent Sullivan. As a youngster, Vincent Sullivan had a strong ambition to become a comic strip cartoonist. In the late 20s, he landed a job as copyboy on the New York Daily News and eventually broke into print as a part-time sports cartoonist. In the 1930s, he teamed up with comedian Jimmy Durante to produce a comic strip called Schnozzola, distributed by Bell Newspaper Syndicate. So these guys had just gotten off the ground, but here we have a full-page ad for Enter the Image Zone, August 19th through the 22nd, 1993. Drop by and meet us. Booths 147, 149, 51, 246, 248, and 250. So I guess each of the uh, sub-studios from Image Comics had their own booth kind of spread out. Biography on Charles Vess. Turn-of-the-century children's book illustrators are an obvious influence on the works of Charles Vess, who brings his fine art sensibility to the world of comics. Full-page ad. Issue 4, October 1993. Tribe from Axis Comics, a Johnson Stroman company. 
The last of the guests, Roger Zelazny, is one of the most highly acclaimed living writers of science fiction and fantasy. A list of his books and short stories would take several pages, but among the best known are the novels The Immortal, Lord of Light, Damnation Alley, Jack of Shadows, To Die in Italber, Eye of the Cat, and the Amber series. Full page ad with a sports jersey. Team Malibu. It's not just a slogan. It's a way of business. Stop by our booth at the Sino Comic Convention and see what we're talking about. Full page ad from Vertigo. Ideas in motion remain in motion. Black Orchid, Sandman, Hellblazer, Kid Eternity, Shade the Changing Man, Jonah Hex, Two-Gun Mojo, Skingraft, The Adventures of Tattooed Man. Suggested for mature readers. Ah, oh, you don't see this one as much anymore. Mad is at the 1993 San Diego Comic Convention. And we've got Superman sitting down reading Mad Magazine. In addition to the artist biographies and publisher ads, there are several long-form articles on various topics. For example, State of the Industry, Comics in 1993 by Mark Lucas. Here's an interesting part. With an estimated 4,000 to 5,000 comic shops across the United States, and with a new generation of comic book publishers releasing over a 1,000 titles each month, the industry has never been healthier. Hmm. It has become a cliché that comics aren't merely for kids anymore, either as an increasing adult audience is finding comics an addicting hobby, with publishers catering to older audiences with specialty lines and more sophisticated stories. In 1993, any story can be told in this medium. A diversity of material offers something for everyone. So then he goes on to say what the various publishers are up to. Marvel, Dark Horse, Image, Valiant. Defiant, a new kid on the block, being run by Jim Shooter, a former Marvel and Valiant editor-in-chief, gears its books toward a science fiction superhero audience. Meanwhile, Tops, yes, the cards and gum folks, produce comics adaptations of current films such as Jurassic Park and The Last Action Hero. There are also companies that produce comics of quality and merit to an appreciative adult audience. These include Fantagraphics Books, which publishes the Hernandez Brothers, Love and Rockets, Dan Clow's 8-Ball, and Peter Bagg's Hate. Kitchen Sink, incorporating the former Tundra, which publishes Xenozoic Tales, Omaha the Cat Dancer, and classic comic reprints, among other things, and Eclipse, which publishes Miracle Man and Tales of the Bean World, and all sorts of fact-filled trading card series. So I wonder if this and the other long-form articles are found anywhere online, because this is a great historical document in the time of comics, 1993. What's next? No one could have predicted comics growth over the past five years, especially noteworthy during a recession. Thanks, Bush. And few can predict what the future holds. What's clear is that comics are here to stay, having emerged from their cocoon, now a part of popular culture, and acknowledged as a rare original American art form. Moving on, full page ad, a warm welcome to the 1993 San Diego Comic Con from all the characters at Ripoff Press and MagnaCon. So I see Gilbert Shelton's Fabulous Furry Freak Brothers, J.R. Bob Dobbs' The Subgenius Foundation, Mara of the Celts by Dennis Kramer, 
etc. There's a two-page spread for Robert Bain editions. We've got original art by Mel Ramos, Bill Ward, and Robert Williams. In 1993, Doc Savage celebrated his 60th anniversary. The title of this long-form article is The First Superhero. This is written by Will Murray. He's been called the greatest adventure hero of all time, the last great pulp hero, and the pioneer superhero, and he celebrates his 60th anniversary this year. His name is Clark Savage Jr., but he's better known as Doc Savage, the Man of Bronze. In his time he's been many things, scientist, explorer, inventor, doctor, humanitarian, and supreme adventurer. Operating out of a skyscraper headquarters in New York City, he's battled familiar-sounding villains like the Vanisher, the Metal Master, the Leader, and John Sunlight, discovered uncounted lost civilizations, resurrected a thousand-year-old dead Egyptian mummy, and even captured Adolf Hitler. So these souvenir books usually um, have articles on important comic historical figures, and then various artists pay tribute with their own submissions. So we've got Celebrating 60 Years of Doc Savage, San Diego Comic-Con, 1993. I think I see this says Marty Salzman, various full-page tributes, Dave Garcia, Lopresti, then we've got some half-page ones. So looking through the names here, there are many that are known artists and up-and-coming artists. Submissions are always open. Page 54 is a long-form article on Marvel's 30th Anniversaries, 1963, An Extraordinary Year, by Charles Novinsky. So basically, X-Men, The Avengers, and Doctor Strange had anniversaries in 1993 and then various artists pay tribute there's some great dr strange art uh, everything is in black and white but there's a few pieces that look like they were color and then are reproduced in black and white there were no credits given to this art unless the person themselves wrote it in their piece so here's something interesting Humberto Ramos made a submission in 1993. I don't think he was working at Marvel yet. So could this be an early published Ramos work? Let's get CGC on the line and find out. There's a long-form article, Classic Monsters, Creature Comfort by E. Yarber. Monsters are a universal taste, even when they're not from... Universal Pictures. Everyone seems to have a favorite one, be it Dracula, Frankenstein's Monster, King Kong, or others, in the select crowd of classic horror icons. They've proven remarkably resilient over the years, appearing in virtually any medium designed to entertain. There's then various uh, tribute pieces to the classic Universal Monsters, Frankenstein, there's, an, there's a fun one right here by Stan Sakai, Usaga Yojimbo as Frankenstein's monster. Joshua Quagmire, 
uses his classic furry style. Frankenstein, the Wolfman, Abbott and Costello, Invasion of the Bunny Snatchers. The pod people have taken over. See Congress in action. See Taffy as Godzilla Jr. You'll shriek at the mind-numbing menace of the fanboys from hell. And you see these zombie characters mumbling X-Men, 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 awoken from his thousand-year sleep by an insatiable craving for jelly donuts, the return of the Elvis mummy. In her first featured role, Kelly O'Hare is Cutie Bunny, a Joshua Quagmire, copyright 1993 production. Executive producer Frank Strom and Fatty Tubbins, janitor. I remember this page, page 82. This is a super detailed black and white piece, I think also with zipatone accents of a xenomorph alien as he kidnaps a fully nude space marine. Well, maybe she's not really nude. Maybe it's a really form-fitting outfit, but looks pretty nude. The signature is Espinoza, 1993. Happy San Diego Comic-Con from Bob and Roxanne and the Gang of Dark Horse. And this is the Flaming Carrot versus Godzilla. Haha, -ha, take that, you big green Godzilla lomix. Long-form article, Fantasy and the Fantastic, Mythology in a Modern Era, by Shane Schellenbarger. When I hear the word mythology, the Greek and Roman pantheon of gods spring to mind, followed by Norse, Egyptian, Chinese, Hindu, Aztec, Japanese, and all the rest. Combine mythology and comic books, and what do you get? Visions of Thor, as drawn by Jack Kirby, or Walt Simonson, immediately come to mind. Then the Amazons of Wonder Woman, and the marvelous followers of the Egyptian wizard Shazam. But each of these is a mere facet of the gem that is comics mythology when compared to what you can be found in Neil Gaiman's The Sandman. So it's a long-form piece on the mythology of Sandman, and then several tributary art pieces follow. There's one by Charles Vess, Donna Barr, Kathy Hill, and Kelly Fries. There are examples of some tasteful nudity throughout the art in the book. That was before they cleaned it up for all audiences. One of the very few things that's in color, and it must have cost a bundle, there's actually a four-page section from Now Comics. The future is now. They're a defunct comic publisher that was famous for Ralph Snart Adventures. So, for example, here, Ralph Snart Adventures number 5, Volume 5, number 5, Direct Edition, Polybagged with Snart Card 27. And then, Newsstand Edition, Polybagged with Snart Card 28. Mark Hansen, writer, artist, and cover artist. Follow our dubious hero, Ralph Snart, through more depraved adventures as our story continues. Ralph and Mr. Lizard start a religious cult in Texas. Plus, catch the next installment of the wily and insidious Dr. Garpin. That's a direct market edition, newsstand edition, same story, same cover, different card. Deal with it. Ah, the 90s. But now comics also had Speed Racer, Mr. T and the T-Force, The Green Hornet, 
and married with children. So continuing the artwork, I see a great Roberta Gregory. And basically we've got Bitchy Bitch as a centaur. And she's saying, hey, hop aboard. At the bottom, fantasy or nightmare. And here's something that really takes me back to the old Comic-Con. A piece from Jim Grote. Classic gray muzzle furry artist. Remember Red Shetland, the furry version of Red Sonia? Here's a full-page ad for San Diego's premier comic store, Comic Connection, 13238 Poway Road, Poway, California. Comic books, games, posters, lithos, movie-related items, trading cards, original art, friendly, knowledgeable staff. Coming soon, three new locations to serve you. There's a full-page ad for the Will Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award. Sponsors, Capital City Distribution, Comic Buyer's Guide, DC Comics, Spartan Printing. Judges, Neil Gaiman, Ann Ivan, Bill Newhouse, Bob Shrek, Dave Sim, Bo Smith, and Marty Stever. Long-form article on Behind the Scenes, Life with Bob by Paul Power. I've had some interesting experiences working on the Bob TV show, where Bob Newhart plays comic book artist Bob McKay. But one of the most interesting and personally rewarding occurred when he did the show built around a comics industry award ceremony. So I don't remember this at all, but apparently there was a Bob Newhart show in 1993 where he played a comic book artist. Full page ad for the Comic Buyer's Guide, the only weekly source for complete comics information. Long-form article on the small press, Comic-Con Mini-Comics, 1979-1992, by Roger May. I've been a creator and publisher of mini-comics since 1973. Mini-comics, for those who are unfamiliar with them, are comics done as inexpensively as possible, drawn, photocopied, folded, cut, and stapled. The appeal of being one's own boss and saying anything is so irresistible, I can't imagine why more people don't do it. Since 1979, I've been producing a San Diego Comic-Con mini-comic. So the first one in 1979, Mouse Liberation Front Communique Number 2. The first convention mini-comic was a real undergrounder. One response from the art community in the battle for the right to parody being fought by Dan O'Neill against Disney, he won. The cover was by Moscoso. And the art art, other artists were anonymous, signing numbers instead of names. 1992. For the first time, the book was imprinted at the con, held up by two artists who could not get done until Sunday. You know who you are. The book was 50% women and had more prose pages than before. New to this issue, Batten Lash, Karen Leshen, David Chelsea, Sandra Chang, Topper Helmers, Susan Miller, Heidi McDonald, Donna Barr, Tom King and others. Covers by Don Simpson. Moving on, there's a full-page work by Rick Geary. He's the one who uh, created the uh, San Diego Toucan mascot. There's basically a pole vaulter vaulting over the convention center in his wonderful style. There's a scathing critique on comic collecting at a comic shop. The guy behind the counter says, I'm sorry, Patrick, but we're not carrying any comics that aren't encased in a rock. That's the latest hot 
hip cool trend, man. This keeps the books in super extra mint condition. I can give you a good deal on this lead box. It protects your comic rock from erosion. Only $365. Super biting. The dude who put the words comic and rock together is a real genius. Boy, I pulled a fast one on the owner. I traded a copy of Action Comics number one and X-Men number one and Spawn number one for a truck full of comic rocks. Hey, look at these neat mini comics in these pebbles. Mine's better. Micro comics in each grain of sand. Someone asks, how do you know that's there's actually a comic book in this rock? What a stupid question, just like a girl. Can't you read the signs? Comic rocks. My dad told me that there used to be artists and writers involved with comics, and people used to actually read them. Someone's laughing. And then another. But has anyone actually ever cracked one of these rocks open to see if and he says are you crazy if we crack the rock open then it loses all its value ah uh, things never change here's a pretty funny uh sergio aragonas and mark ivanier strip the mighty magnor flying away with some retailers it says 10 cents on the cover exploiter of children and the retailer is yelling but it was action comics number one and mark so I told Magnor that some of the prices here seem downright criminal. Sergio, see. Ooh, there's a beautiful full-page Alex Toth painting. Shame that it's in black and white. It's a very moody ship in the sky with its spotlight shining through the clouds. It must have been great in color. There's a Fred Rhodes piece it reminds me like classic mad style oh look and a topless naked girl at the very top danger comics testing readers doom room reader has a triple nervous breakdown a sure hit and a bestseller comic there's a section on a lot of great fantasy art king kong deja taurus sheena Here's Conan braving the wilderness. Crom! Next year I fly to the con like everyone else. By Mike Docherty. Thrilled to be back at the San Diego Comic Con. First year anniversary of Shadowhawk. Thanks, Jim Valentino, 1993. There's a piece by Larry and Sharon Welts. And yes, it's Cherry. Cherry does the San Diego Comic Con, 1993. Is this where they got all those boxes of musty old comic books that are worth like a million bucks? So there's some Ninja Turtles in the background. Casper the Friendly Ghost. And Cappuccino. There's a lot of great small little artworks here, like by Javier Gomez and Don R. Christensen. There's a section in Memoriam. Harvey Kurtzman, genius. Harvey Kurtzman died of cancer in February of this year. At the age of 86, he was one of the true giants and innovators in the world of comics, beginning with his work at EC in the early 50s, his brilliant war comics and his creation of Mad Magazine, and going on to his editing of other humor magazines, Humbug and Help. His writing and layout of Little Annie Fanny for more than two decades at Playboy and such recent projects as the Eisner Award-winning From Arg to Zap, 
Harvey Kurtzman's Visual History of the Comics. So there's an outpouring of praise from Art Spiegelman, Will Elder, Al Jaffe, Terry Gilliam, about the late, great Harvey Kurtzman. There's a little uh, sidebar piece by Archie Goodwin, Harvey Kurtzman and the War Comic. Although Harvey Kurtzman will probably always be remembered as the creator of Mad, and for the legacy his humor and satire inspired, I believe that he accomplished with his two-fisted tales and his companion, Frontline Combat, may be the best body of work ever produced in the comics medium. Harvey wrote and edited these two EC titles in the early 50s, as well as doing occasional art and covers. Here's a photo. Harvey clowning with other cartoonists, including Melinda Gebby, Bob Foster, Trina Robbins, and Carol Lay at the 1979 Comic-Con. There's a great piece by Will Elder showing various facets of Kurtzman's work. There's a sad piece showing little Annie Fanny mourning her creator. Scott Shaw lends his talents to a, to a nine-panel comic strip about the big ideas of 93. Let's see, suggested themes for the San Diego Comic-Con 93 program book, classic movie monsters, 30th anniversary of X-Men, Avengers, Iron Man, Sergeant Fury, and Doctor Strange, fantasy with an accent on mythology, Doc Savage's 60th anniversary, or a tribute to Harvey Kurtzman. There's a Matt Groening piece for Harvey from Matt Groening and the gang at Bongo Comics. Bart and Lisa are laughing at a Mad Magazine, number one, and uh, Homer, heh heh, I don't get it. There's an Annie and Red Sonia mashup, Red Annie Fanny, in memory of Hart Harvey Kurtzman, Frank Thorne. Will Eisner creates a tribute piece from the spirit. In memoriam, a tribute to Joe Schuster by Jerry Siegel. Joe Schuster is gone. Memory of the artist and especially of his inspired artwork on the comic book Superman remains. Perhaps I can give close-up accounts of our association together as the artist and writer team who co-created The Man of Steel. Great piece by Siegel for Schuster. Joan Siegel. Joe Schuster was a sweet, quiet guy and my lifetime friend. There's a photo of Mr. Schuster at the 1983 San Diego Comic-Con. More in memoriam, Goodbye Pop by John Field. This past November, I lost someone who I had grown to love and respect like a second father. I speak, of course, about Robert Pop Shane, the Hollywood character actor who most people remember as playing Inspector Henderson on the Adventures of Superman TV show. A little bit before my time, but for a generation of people, he was synonymous with Superman. It's 1993, and an early entrant into the Japanese animation industry was Central Park Media. So here's a full-page ad. Central Park Media, your Japanimation source. Yeah, we used to call it Japanimation. Japanese animation is rushing into our country and onto your TV screens. This new genre is action-packed, Project Eiko, sexy, Dominion Tank Police, intriguing, Urusei Yatsura. It's sexy, it's intriguing, it's action-packed, it's like nothing you've ever seen. Don't miss out on the action. Central Park Media is the leading supplier of Japanese animation carrying 
the right stuff, US renditions and US manga core. That's when one VHS copy of an episode or two would cost $30. A couple more in memoriam, Gary Coddington by Michael Nyman. Gary Coddington, the world's foremost Superman collector, died on June 8th at the young age of 42 from medical complications. He was known worldwide as an authority on Superman, and his contributions to the world of collecting will be genuinely missed. There's a great photo of Gary Coddington and Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, photo by Shel Dorf. And lastly, in memoriam, Jane Oliver by Tom France. I'm writing this in remembrance of one of the most revered and recognized self-published artists who ever graced the San Diego Comic Con, Jane J. Oliver. Jane was an extraordinary creator who put out a vampire comic book about once a year called Tales of Jerry, which she wrote, drew, and published on her own. I was introduced to Tales of Jerry in the 1989 San Diego Comic Con by Jane herself. Nearing the end of the souvenir book, we have awards. Comic-Con Awards. Every year since 1974, the Comic-Con Committee has given out its own Inkpot Awards for achievements in comic arts, animation, film and TV, science fiction fantasy, and fandom services. Beginning in 1984, the Bob Clampett Humanitarian Awards was added. These awards are all bestowed at the annual banquet, complete with celebrity presenters. Inkpot Awards. The following list of past Inkpot Award winners. Forrest J. Ackerman, Douglas Adams, Neil Adams, Alfredo Alcala, Alicia Austin. A lot of names in the Inkpot Awards. Dan Spiegel, Art Spiegelman, Bill Keane, Max Allen Collins, Francis Ford Coppola, R. Crum, Matt Wagner, Mort Walker. And then we've got the Clampett Award. The Bob Clampett Humanitarian Award is given in the memory of animator Bob Clampett, best known for his zany Warner Brothers cartoons and for his Beanie and Cecil TV show. Clampett was a popular regular guest at the convention. He died in 1984. Members of his family traditionally announce each year's recipients. Past winners have been Forrest J. Ackerman, Robert A. Heinlein, Bernie Wrightson and Jim Starlin, Ray Bradbury, June Foray, Phil Yeh, Sergio Aragones, the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, and Archie Goodwin. Then we've got a full-page ad, Horizon Hobbies and Toys, Los Angeles, California. Watch for us at San Diego Comic-Con. 1993 Horizon Original New and Upcoming Releases. So these are these amazing statues of various properties. Some look more complete than others. There's a cable. Suggested retail, $45. Wolverine looks good, $45. So let's see what we've got here. Mole, People, Invisible Man, Ed 209, The Thing, T-800 Terminator, Endoskeleton, Venom, Bram Stoker's Dracula Armor Type, Joker, Spitter from Jurassic Park. All of these are $45. Oh, there's the... Brachiosaur for $139. Pretty good prices. The last two pages. Comic Castle Notice. There has been some speculation that Comic Castle is going out of business. Let us lay this rumor to rest. 
Comic Castle has just opened its sixth store, a 6,000 square foot retail outlet in Carlsbad. So anyway, Comic Castle is one of the long-time established San Diego con comic book shops. Nowadays, they've morphed into comics and stuff. But here's a full-page ad talking about their, um, their deal with Diamond Distribution not working out very well. So they are happy to announce that their new distributor is Capital City Distribution. I wonder how that worked out for them. Mark Charles Weber, owner of Comic Castle. Now in, now in Carlsbad. So locations in Point Loma, Carlsbad Plaza, Mission Valley Center, East San Diego, National City, and Chula Vista. That's the one that I would go to 25 years ago. It's no longer there, but this comic shop chain is still around. And then as I close the souvenir book, the very last back page, you'll flip for previews. Previews will send you head over heels with every issue for 1993, filled with new regular features between two spectacular covers. Previews Comics featuring Aliens Earth Angel by John Byrne and The Good Guys by Jim Shooter, available nowhere else. Promotional inserts. Previews Presents. Interviews. Marvel Highlights. Full Color Gems of the Month and Advanced Information and Convenient Ordering. Previews, the first and last word in comics, no matter how you look at it. Comprehensive, colorful, collectible, and available at fine comic shops everywhere. More service for your success. And that's it. So, this is a long one. Thanks for sticking around. This was the San Diego Comic Con 1993 souvenir book. It's still hard for me to believe that 25 years ago I visited my first San Diego Comic-Con and I've gone every single year. I hope my luck doesn't run out, but if it ever does, I know I've got 25 years of amazing memories at the San Diego Comic-Con. So this week I read the San Diego Comic Convention Souvenir Book 1993 Edition, and I'll see you at Comic-Con.